Hi there, and welcome to It's Coming with Kim and Christine. I'm Kim. And I'm Christine. And this is It's Coming, your weekly podcast on the signs of the second coming. And this, Christine, is episode number 50. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. You know how um, crazy that is? Because yesterday I turned 50. <laughs> That's true. You're turning, you turned 50, and a day later we're doing episode 50. Yes. It's like Kismic. I love it. How was your birthday? Did you do something fabulous for the 50th? Um, you know, my friends actually had a party for me a couple weeks ago, and a different group of friends are having a little get-together for me tonight. So nice. um, yesterday was a little less – we had a lot going on. Um, I I went and played pickleball with my other friends, which was really one of my favorite things to do. So it was great. Yes. So your birthday was spent doing your favorite things. So that's good. Yeah. My seminary class was so sweet to me. They brought me flowers and balloon and mm. crumble cookies and fresh hot chocolate. And Mountain was it a Dew. black balloon? Yeah, it was a black balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and you still you, know? you still said they were sweet. So that's nice of you. Well, they, they were very sweet because they're like, there's no way you're 50. I thought you were in your 30s. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're very sweet. Uh, do you give them grades? Are they just trying to get A's? <laughs> Maybe they think so. <laughs> I don't give them grades. Uh, that's awesome. Well, happy belated birthday. And uh, yeah. to celebrate your 50th, we're doing the 50th. And this episode today is called God's Will Be Done. Yeah. Hmm. I and I I don't know if this is good news or bad news. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm praying, and you ask for something good, but then you ask like you also kind of caveat it with like you want the Lord's will to be done. I almost feel like I'm I'm saying I'd like something good, but if you're going to give me something bad, okay. <laughs> so I'm looking yeah. forward to finding out if an episode titled "God's Will Be Done" is about something good or bad. <laughs> I guess in the long run, it's good. All things that are God's will in the long run are good. Yeah. All things. But yeah. in the short term, sometimes It'd it doesn't tough. feel like exactly what we want. Sometimes hard. Yeah. yeah. Is that okay. the case with this episode today? Well, I don't know. It's okay. God's will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, as you know, our podcast is based on the signs that we find in the scriptures. And I'm uh, I'm taking a little liberty for a couple of episodes. Um, we have what we call in our church general conference. Kim, do you want to tell those that aren't members of our church what general conference is? I'm not sure why. I think you always give me the assignments to explain things. Well, I know you know the answer. <laughs> All right. Well, general conference is a conference that is held two times a year. And it is televised. And so it used to be pre-COVID. You could go to it in person if you could get in. They had tickets, you know, free tickets. It's free. You can go for free. But, uh, you know, limited because there's about 20,000 people or so that can fit in that hall. But um, you used to be able to go in person, but it's been weird since COVID. Obviously, nothing's in person. It's all televised. And it's the time in which we have that opportunity to hear from the prophet and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and other leaders of our church. And so it's a time that I know I look forward to every year because I feel as though I'm always kind of like, what's the prophet in the Quorum of the Twelve thinking about? Like, what do they think our issues are that we need to be <laughs> more cognizant you know, of? I remember something. we did talk about this in a podcast because we, we talked about like what our um, 
traditions are, didn't we? Oh, we, we did. Yeah. We talked about it right we around general conference time. It. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I thought, um, okay, knowing that these are the last days and that we're preparing for the coming of our Savior, what message does our Savior have for us that he's going to give us through his apostles and prophets and other leaders? And um, and so I I read um, my uh, my conference issue. Um, I, I read the talks, I will say, through that lens. Like, what are some of the repeated themes? I was kind of, um, you know, I like to make lists. <laughs> um, so in the same way that I was looking for repeated themes in the scriptures, as I read about the second coming, I um, read the conference talks also looking for repeated themes. And I wanted to kind of um, do a couple of podcasts on some of those. So very interesting. All right, let's have it. So theme number one is God's will. Well, there's a surprise given the topic or title of our podcast today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of the places I found it was in a talk by Elder Jeffrey R. Holland entitled The Greatest Possession. And he says this. He said, um, in his characteristically memorable prose, C.S. Lewis imagines the Lord saying unto us something like this. I don't want your time or your money or your work as much as I just want you. That tree you are pruning, I don't want to cut off the, a branch here or a branch there. I want the whole thing down. And that tooth, I don't want to drill it or crown it or fill it. I want to have it out. In fact, I want you to hand over to me your whole natural self. And I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself, my will shall become your will. That's beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah. It really is. I C.S. Lewis is so good with imagery. Yeah. But just imagining like I I want it gone. But then he's like I'm going to give you a new one and it's going to be better. And I think that that answers your question like is it a good thing? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but it's doesn't mean it's an easy thing. Yeah, for sure. But I think that, you know, it is interesting to think about, you know, this concept of our will becoming God's will, because I think that is so readily available to each of us if we just are willing to trust the Lord and kind of relinquish our will and just be willing to be disguided by his direction. But sometimes that's hard to just put all of our trust in not care what we think we want or what we think is best and just oh, sure. especially if we feel passionately about what we feel about yeah <laughs> about our will <laughs> exactly exactly but that yeah. idea of like let me just walk into the dark and whatever direction whatever thing anything i will do it yeah kind of scary but not <laughs> if you just recognize how much god loves you Yes, which um, is actually another one of the repeated themes from the conference. I'll, t- I'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> I, my next one is uh, by Elder Brent H. Nielsen, and his talk was entitled, Is There No Balm in Gilead? And his talk referenced, uh, he told a personal story about his father getting cancer and how they um, they prayed for healing and in the end, there was a spiritual healing, but not a physical healing. He said this, he said, I learned the object of my faith must be Jesus Christ, and that I needed to accept 
what was expedient to him as I exercised faith in him. I understand now that my father's passing was expedient to God's plan. Now as I lay my hands upon the head of another to bless him or her, my faith is in Jesus Christ, and I understand that a person can and will be physically healed if it is expedient in Christ. The Savior's atonement, which makes available to us both his redeeming and his enabling power, is the ultimate blessing that Jesus Christ offers to all. As we repent with full purpose of heart, the Savior cleanses us from sin. As we cheerfully submit our will to the Father, even in the most difficult circumstances, the Savior will lift our burdens and make them light. I like how he explained that really that's like a caveat. And if we want to you know, yoke ourselves to the Savior, as it says in Matthew, the way we do that is by cheerfully submitting our will to him. Cheerfully. <laughs> cheerfully, right. <laughs> that, that's just an interesting concept, right? That it's not, you know, like where it's like, fine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which the, the two-year-old can come out in us sometimes, right? When I, I feel like I've had those like battles with God where it's like, fine, you're going to win. Like, <laughs> you're going to win. <laughs> I'm going to do well, what you want. Fine. Yes. I will say that this is um something that's in my future and not in my past. <laughs> Cheerfully submitting. <laughs> Cheerfully. Cheerfully is what stuck out to me there. I'm like, uh, you know, I'll do it. But do I always do it cheerfully? Yeah. Okay, that's what work on for me. Yeah, we'll work on that. Um, my next one is uh, by Elder. Oh, gosh, you know, they come from all over the world. And they're just hard to pronounce sometimes. Val Valenz oh, it's Valenzuela. That's not so hard. I'm <laughs> his first name. <laughs> anyway. So in his talk entitled, Deepening Our Conversion to Jesus Christ, um, he said this, We learn in the Book of Mormon that scriptures were an important part of Lehi's family, so much so that Nephi and his brothers returned to Jerusalem to obtain the plates of brass. The scriptures reveal God's will for us, as much as the Leahona did for, Lehi and his, for Nephi and his father. As he broke his bow, Nephi needed to know where he should go to obtain food. His father, Lehi, looked at the Leahona and saw that the things were written. Um, anyway, he kind of goes on, but um, I like how he gives us, so sometimes the question is, how do we know God's will? You know, like sometimes mm -hmm. it's not obvious. You know, sometimes it's not like, gee, should I go out and get drunk tonight or not? Mm, it's probably God's will that I don't, right? So sometimes <laughs> it's obvious and sometimes it's really not. Yeah. But I like how he said that the scriptures reveal God's will, which is just kind of giving us another little piece to the puzzle to help us to know. And there's a, a scripture in Alma. So this is in Alma chapter 37, starting in verse 44. For behold, it is as easy to give heed to the word of Christ, which will point you to a straight course to eternal bliss, as it was for our fathers to give heed to this compass. Um, speaking about the Liahona, which would point them in a straight course to the promised land. And now I say, is there not a type in this thing? For just as surely as this director did bring our fathers by following its course to the promised land, shall the words of Christ, if we follow their course, carry us beyond this veil of sorrow into a far better land of promise. And I, I, that's always been one of my favorite verses. Um, but I hadn't thought of it as like, 
it being on, on the subject of God's will so much as it, um, when Elder Valenzuela worded it like this, that the scriptures reveal God's will. And, you know, when in Alma, it's talking about how the scriptures point us on a straight course. And that is, um, I mean, the straight course is God's will. So um, if we want to know what God's will is, we study the scriptures. Yeah. I like that. I also think like the scriptures, when we study the scriptures, we come to know God better. And the more that we know him and know the way that we feel when we read his word or the way that others have gotten his word, received his word, it just helps us understand better how to communicate with him, how to feel him, like all of those things. Like I just, I think there's lots of things that come together, lots of benefits from reading the scriptures when it comes to discerning God's will in our life. Yeah, I like how you said that um, it helps us to come to know him better because when you know someone really well, you can kind of guess what their will is, right? Like if you exactly. know um, you know me really well, then you know that it's my will that we eat tacos tonight, you know, like. And that you play pickleball on your 50th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Always, right? I think that it it makes sense. What you said makes sense that as we come to know God's better, God better, we will come to know his will. We'll, we'll just kind of instinctively, I think, know what his will would be. Yeah. Which is a good point. All right. So the next one, oh gosh, here the pronunciation really does get tricky. Um, it's Elder Alfred. See, I'll say the first name. And then it's Kingu, K-Y-U-N-G-U. Okay, of the 70. Um, and his talk was entitled, uh, To Be a Follower of Christ. And he said this. He said, the first quality of the Savior is humility. Jesus Christ was very humble from the premortal life at the council in heaven. He recognized and allowed the will of God to prevail in the plan of salvation for mankind. When he said that, you know, that Christ was the example for letting the will of God prevail in his life, it reminded me of President Nelson's talk. I, I think it might have just been in spring conference where he talked about how the theme of let God prevail. Did you remember that? Um, No. Sorry. Maybe as you talk about it, I'll remember it. Sometimes I, 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 I remember I, concepts, but, you know, I don't remember who sure, said sure. what. Yeah. Um, so Russell Nelson was talking about how, I think it's actually the the word Israel. Yes. The word Israel means, I think it means let God prevail. President Nelson's talk from a year ago, and he talked about let God prevail. And, I, it, and at the time, it hadn't occurred to me that it's like, talk, that the theme of the talk was really also, you could say, following God's will in our lives, because I'm just wording it a little differently, but it is. We can choose to let God prevail in our lives or not. We can choose to let God be the most powerful influence in our lives or not. This is um, President Nelson talking. Mm -hmm. And then he said, for a moment, let us recall a crucial turning point in the life of Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. At the place Jacob named Peniel, which means the face of God, Jacob wrestled with a serious challenge. His agency was tested. Through this wrestle, Jacob proved that he was what was most important to him. He demonstrated that he was willing to let God prevail in his life. 
In response, God changed Jacob's name to Israel, meaning, let God prevail. God then promised Israel that all the blessings that had been pronounced upon Abraham's seed would also be his. I loved that knowing, you know, that the word Israel means let God prevail and how he said um, that Jacob had, he had a serious challenge. And when we think about our serious challenges that we experience, um, when we think about them as kind of like a test, like, are we going to let God prevail when we are confronted with a serious challenge in our lives? I know that that's what is going to help us be on that straight and direct course. But like we said before, sometimes it's extremely difficult, especially if we feel passionately about our own will and and it's any different. (laughs) Yeah. I I never knew that, that that's what Israel meant. I love that. Yeah. Let God prevail. So, um, yeah. And then in his, in this talk, it says he recognized and allowed the will of God to prevail in the plan of salvation. So just talking about how Jesus Christ is the excellent example of, Uh, letting the will of God be his um, guiding part of his life. And then he went on to talk about courage. So in his talk, he he talks about humility, and then he talked about courage. And when he talked about courage, he said this. He said, let us have the courage to do what is right, even when it is unpopular, the courage to defend our faith and to act by faith. Let us have the courage to repent daily and the courage to accept God's will and obey his commandments. I'm, I mean, I'm just seeing the repetition of this theme so much. Maybe it's really just something that I was supposed to learn. And, um, <laughs> but <laughs> me, I, I saw it a lot. And it's true that it takes courage to accept God's will, not just humility, but also sometimes really courage. I, I think courage is a true descriptor because you really are walking into the dark, right? Like you don't know where that path is going. And sometimes we can fool ourselves into believing that if we are choosing, we know where it's going. That's not true, right? Because because you just don't, you can't control all the elements in such a way that you really know, even though, you know, you're trying to go someplace that that's really where it will go. But when we kind of almost put blinders on and just give it to God. It's like that takes courage because you have to be willing to go. You know, it's the song, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll, you know, all of those things. It's just relinquishing our desires and trusting that God's desires will make us happier. And I really have a testimony that they will because he knows us better and he always has such a long-term view and ours is so short-term. So, but for sure it takes courage. It's like that, um, that forest we talked about the, on some other podcast, you know, how he has a view from uh, above and we are looking at the bark in front of us. Exactly. Thinking that we know what's best. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My next one is from, uh, President Iring's talk, The Faith to Ask and Then to Act. He said this, My personal experience is that the still small voice, which is real, is clear and discernible in my mind when I feel an internal quiet and submission to the Lord's will. The feeling of humility can best be described as not my will, but thine be done. Isn't that interesting how he how he's teaching us about personal revelation 
saying that one of the keys to receiving that is having um, that submission to the will of God in our hearts. If we want answers from God, we have to be, those answers won't come. God's not going to answer us if he knows that we're not going to do what he tells us. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like that just, it gets to be, you know, a, a, a ridiculous task to ask and God answer and then us go, eh, Nah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, give me an give me an answer I want to hear. Nah, nah I'm, I'm not going to do that one. But then let me come back and ask something else. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. So yeah. you know, the, God doesn't engage in that game. I guess is what I would say. I think that he we have to demonstrate to him, and he needs to know that our heart is in a place, and he knows our hearts. And so when he knows that our heart is in that place of acceptance and willingness, then he will tell us. So if you're not receiving an answer to a prayer, <laughs> not always, <laughs> maybe there's sometimes something. <laughs> it's a waiting game and, yeah. you know, there's different things yeah, there, but we don't have the Lord's will. Maybe we're not ready to let God prevail yet. <laughs> maybe, but, or, or maybe it's just, we need to wait. Sure. That could be too. Um, my next one is from Elder Ugdorf's talk entitled Daily Restoration. And he said this, he said, Surely um, uh, they include daily prayer and pondering the scriptures and using the inspired tools like Come Follow Me each day. We can approach the throne of God in humility and honesty. We can ponder our actions and review the moments of our day considering our will and desires in light of his. Isn't that interesting how he's kind of giving us another little angle on on something that we could be doing. So he's talking about like what I call our, our daily disciplines, which is like reading and praying and, and um, spending some time um, to come closer to God. And he said that part of that could be stopping and pondering and considering our will and desires in light of his. So that's maybe another, another piece to the, puzzle, you might say, uh, to find out what God's will is in our life, in our daily disciplines that we stop and consider and ponder. I like it. Some good advice, I thought. Yes, for sure. Okay. And then my last talk, this was such an awesome talk. It was by Camille N. Johnson, um, entitled Invite Christ to Author Your Story. And I loved it. It was so good. And he, she uses a, an analogy of um, our lives being like a, a personal narrative. And she said, what kind of personal narrative are you writing for your life? Is the path you describe in your story straight? Does your story end where it began at your heavenly home? Is there an exemplar in your story? Is it the Savior Jesus Christ? And I, I love how, first of all, she just using that whole analogy, I thought, you know, like if I were to write the narrative of my life, I would have all wonderful blessings. (laughs) I would have a beautiful view everywhere I go and I'd have no red lights and all empty parking spaces and all wonderful people. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) but then she goes on to say, I testify that the savior is the author and finisher of our faith. Will you invite him to be the author and finisher of your story. So uh, that's totally talking about like letting him, you know, letting God prevail or 
um, enabling God's will in our lives, if we're allowing him to be the author of our story. He knows the beginning from the end. He was the creator of heaven and earth. He wants us to return home to him and to our heavenly father. He has everything invested in us and wants us to succeed. What do you suppose keeps us from turning our stories over to him? And um, then she goes on and talks about, well, then there's the natural man. (laughs) Um, um, She says this a little later. She said, um, perhaps it is because the natural man or woman in us is resistant to turning things completely over to the Lord and trusting in him entirely. Maybe that is why we choose to stick with the narrative that we have written for ourselves, a comfortable version of our story, unedited by the master author, We don't want to ask a question and get an answer that doesn't fit neatly into the story we are writing for ourselves. Didn't we just talk about that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Going on a little bit, she says, for David to overcome Goliath, the boy had to take on the giant. The comfortable narrative for David would have been a return to tending the sheep. But instead, he reflected upon his experience in saving lambs from a lion and a bear and building on those heroic feats, he mustered the faith and courage to let God write his story. Declaring, the Lord hath that delivered me from the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. With a desire to let God prevail and an ear to hear the Holy Ghost and the willingness to let the Savior be the author and finisher of his story, the boy David defeated Goliath and saved his people. Anyway, her her talk really, I mean, the entire talk talks about God's will in our lives. But um, but what a great what a great analogy that was like, yeah, doesn't it sound more comfortable to go tend the sheep than to go fight a a giant that might kill you, (laughs) you know, but letting God prevail is really also letting him be the author of our story. And, um, it's a, it's a better story when we have the faith to do that. I just want to close with them a little bit more from her talk. Um, she said, are you willing to let God prevail in your life? Are you willing to let whatever he needs you to do, needs you to do, take precedence over every other ambition? I'm going to repeat that. Are you willing to let whatever he needs you to do to take precedence over every other ambition? I humbly add to those prophetic inquiries. Will you let God be the author and finisher of your story? Then she says, tell a story in which you recognize the heavens are open. Ask questions to which you do not know the answer, knowing God is willing to make known his will for you through the Holy Ghost. Let your narrative be one of faith, following your exemplar and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what I found on on God's will. So how does it apply to the second coming? I think that it's part of like... If you take our podcast and then say, and so what, you know, you'd be like, so what are we supposed to do about that? I think that that's where we get the answer to that question. And one of the answers to that question is to have the faith to let God prevail in our lives. I think that as we do let God prevail and we let him write that story as she kind of visually depicted there, I think that it is such a better story. And so that's what you have to hold to when you're struggling to kind of come up with the courage is it's just what part does God want you to play in this preparation for the second coming? 
where, you know, what does he, how does he want you engaged in that? Or what does he want your story to look like? And I think, you know, just there's, it's kind of exciting to think that he really does want each one of us to have a particular purpose and a particular involvement in something. And we just need to let go of our desires and our vision and (laughs) relinquish it to him. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Kim. Well, this was a good one, Christine. Two weeks in a row of just, you know, heartwarming goodness. Yes. No antichrists or eyeballs falling out of sockets today. I know. It's amazing. All right. Well, thank you, Christine. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.